Hello and welcome to Horror Court Trash Over, the show that discusses all the masterpieces and trash the pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And this film is exactly why I started this podcast. <laughs> it is films like this that really make me appreciate trash. <laughs> this is up there Cast- with this- some of the trash greats, isn't it? Yeah, so of course we're talking about Casablanca. No, <laughs> <laughs> we are not talking about Casablanca. Close. Very close. Very- I'm-, I'm surprised there wasn't some... Issues with the release of this film. Yeah, because anybody involved with Casablanca was f- not certainly not watching this film. Well, probably we, not. <laughs> we are talking about Barb Wire, the 1996 Pamela Anderson comic book movie, uh, directed by David Hogan, who only directed one of the film called Most Wanted, and it looks absolutely terrible. Oh. Uh, he was second unit director on Batman Forever as well. Oh, okay. Um, so the the budget for this film wasn't quite as high as I thought it was. It's one million eight hundred forty four thousand four hundred twenty six dollars. When you look at some of the uh, the special effects in this film, you know that's low. You you think it was way higher than that? Yeah, and Pamela Anderson was a big star at the time. I mean, I I'm I'm being seen. fucking sarcastic. The whole budget went on Pamela Anderson, obviously. It must have. <laughs> It was a success. It made money. Yeah, what a word, <laughs> wouldn't it? Um, it gives you everything you need. This entire <laughs> film was there for. Um, it, it was just there, sold on sex. Well, yeah. Essentially, your selling point is tits. Um, t- tits. Essentially, you get to see Pamela Anderson's boobs. Yeah, and I think this is where you can tell um, the the differences between the types of audiences. I mean, obviously, the target audiences is straight men. Uh, we are not straight men, and we loved it because of how much Pamela Anderson was slaying the game with her dead acting. Um, uh, how much she she looked like both of the cock destroyers merged into one. She did. This is definitely um, a precursor to the cock destroyers. I'm waiting for the cock destroyers remake. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. Um, uh, just whilst I've read off some um, some trivia, can you check if this won any Razzies? Because I'm it, I, it, I want to say did. it did. It did. It did. It was up for loads of Razzies. Because I was going to say my first bit of trivia, um, which I, I completely forgot to look at the Razzies, which is odd considering this bit of trivia. Yeah. But it's included in the 100 most amusingly bad movies ever made section in John Wilson's The Official Razzie Movie Guide book. Yeah, so it it was nominated for Best Fight at the MTV Movie Awards. <laughs> yes. Um, for the indoor fight between Pamela Anderson with a guy. Honestly, it could have been any of them. Any, it could have been any of the fights in this very, film. Not they all very specific, it. but it was nominated for. Uh, well, it actually won worst new star <laughs> for Pamela Anderson at the Razzie Awards, <laughs> and it was nominated for worst picture, worst actress, worst screen couple. For Pamela Anderson's boobs, which are very harsh, very very harsh. I thought she looked absolutely fantastic in this film. I I thought she was gorgeous. Uh, worst screenplay, justified, and uh, worst original song for Welcome to Planet Boom, aka This Booms for You, written by um, Pamela's then husband Tommy Lee. The music in this film is just a massive summary of the 90s really it's it's a uh... well it's it is but throughout the whole film there's also a soundtrack during <laughs> very dark scenes <laughs> um which is a complete film one rip off it's that yeah. very stereotypical detective in an old hollywood noir 
Um, I, I can't really do it, but you, you know it. You, you know it if if you heard it, and it's used in everything. It, and if I ever got the, you know, if I ever got the option to go back in time and go onto a film set, it would it would be this film because I would just love to. I'd love to speak to the director and know what exactly was going through his mind. Because you've got this film that's clearly sold on Pamela Anderson's boobs, but. He's then also trying to turn it into Casablanca. He's he's got his little film noir things in here. It's like, what are you trying to do? It's honestly so messy, but it's so great because of that. It, it is, and it's just camp fun. Yeah, I mean, that's that's why we do this podcast because we like watching yeah. these sort of films. We we enjoy watching films like this. We don't enjoy watching things like the Beaster Bunny that are so bad it's bad. This yeah. is, you know, this is the the type of films that we enjoy covering. It's fun. It's fun to watch. Of course, it's not a 10 out of 10 masterpiece. <laughs> it's not a classic. There are many things that we're going to bring up that make it a bad film. It's a bad film. Yeah. But I had fun watching it. Now, the opening wet strip was Pamela Anderson's idea, uh, based off a nightmare she had in which she was being sprayed with champagne whilst performing a nasty dance. Yeah, it's it's weird that she says nightmare because it was the only part where she actually seemed alive. She was living her best life, and on the DVD we have uh, the nine minute extended version of this scene where she does this dance to uh, to some sort of weird porno music that has a guy whispering throughout saying it's a nightmare, it's a nightmare. Do you think that's the boom that song? That might be the boom song. And that's Tommy Lee saying it's a nightmare. Because I'm assuming... I'm <laughs> assuming just talking about the film. It's a bit on the nose to, <laughs> to not have been specifically written for the film. Yeah. Which makes sense. Um, Mary Anna Reyes, who is the girl that's getting tortured, she was actually naked during a torture scene. Yeah, but it's very clear. I, I know, that's a natural bit of trivia that I took from IMDb. <laughs> um... The original Dark Horse comic book ended its run after the film's disappointing reaction. So this film was so bad, it killed off a whole comic book series. So are we thinking the comic book series was a rip-off of Casablanca? I don't think so. No. I I highly doubt it. I think it is very much just an action comic book series. I don't think it's... I think the the Casablanca... um, references should we say would all the directors doing surely yeah well we we're going to bring up Casablanca a lot uh, there's not many references to it from what I've read um, like the IMDB uh, well, on, on IMDb, just has one reference yeah it to just says a lot of the story bears a striking similarity to Casablanca striking it, it is literally scene it's, for scene in some parts some of it is and the characters all go back to um, Casablanca. We watched Casablanca just before watching Barbed Wire in anticipation. And we recommend that anyone who wants to watch this does the same. Yeah, yeah. It's the best um, double bill. I said um, they replaced Bogey with Booby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bogey was Humphrey Bogart's uh, nickname. Yeah, yeah. Pamela Anderson plays Humphrey Bogart in this film. A sentence I never thought I'd ever say. Essentially. Um, the date on her prostitution license, the 1st of the 7th, 2019, is her 52nd birthday. Mm. And uh, Adam Rifkin... <laughs> this, this is the character, not, not Pamela Anderson. Uh, well, I mean, that's her birthday. 
But it's Pamela Anderson's birthday. Yeah, but Barb's yeah. prostitution but Barb's license. Pro- we're not saying that Pamela Anderson has a prostitution license. <laughs> not the one of them exists anyway. To be um, Adam Rifkin was replaced with the less experienced David Hogan after the producers decided uh, the early dailies were unsatisfactory. What did Adam Rifkin do? Uh, I think he's. I think he's just made more films. I don't think he's made anything. I don't know if he's made anything of no. Nothing of no. But David Hogan literally just was his first film. Well, if they were disappointed in his work on this film, I'm sure he hasn't gone on to greatness. No, no. But I mean, look at their standards from this film. I think that, that says it all. Um. So. Before we get into it, the plot is uh, during the Second American Civil War in 2017, Barbara owns a nightclub called the Hammerhead. Things become complicated when her ex-lover Axel, who is married to fugitive Karina <laughs> Devonshire, also known as Cora D, um, re-enters her life. Yeah. And the plot kind of Casablanca of. <laughs> is a man owns a bar and her ex-lover and his new lover... Uh, his ex-lover and her new lover come into the bar and uh, shake things up. The exact same plot line. Yeah, yeah. And it's all about... So both stories are about getting the lover onto a plane and out of yeah. danger uh, for the good of um, the world, really. I mean, for Casablanca, it was because the Nazi regime was um, entering... Um, Morocco yeah Casablanca being in Morocco and in this case <laughs> now, it's all from a pair now, of contact oh, lenses it's all about a pair of contact <laughs> lenses but the contact lenses get uh, Cora D onto the plane now Cora D is a scientist who has changed her face with plastic surgery and she needs these contact lenses to change her retinas because Everybody gets scanned because it's uh, 2017 in the future. Uh, so everyone's retinas get scanned to say who they are. So, and she wouldn't be allowed on this plane because she's a scientist and she knows the antidote to a HIV-based epidemic yeah. that the bad guys are trying to use. Now, I don't know if this is iffy or not, but the strain of HIV... But using AIDS as a killer in this film, yeah. But also it's called Red Ribbon. Oh, God. Now, Red Ribbon, unless I'm mistaken, is the symbol of uh, a lot of AIDS charities. Yeah. Um, so I don't... I'm not sure if that's iffy oh, it's, it's or very, not. It's very insensitive. They're using AIDS as a weapon. I mean, that's... that's For, start, for starters, that is very... Uh, very insensitive. Yeah, yeah, that's um, yeah, bit bit awkward. Yeah, I well, starting off the film, I I just got wrote down Universal. I can't believe Universal distributed this. Oh God, yeah, who distributed Casablanca? <laughs> uh, Warner, Warner Brothers. Warner, Warner Brothers. Brothers. Oh, of course it was. But, of course it was Warner Brothers. I mean, come on, Universal, a major film studio distributed this film but Pamela Anderson was a big star you think this was the year after Showgirls yeah now Showgirls was a big studio film true um so this is coming off the back of that it was the year that Striptease came out with Demi Moore um only a 
few years really removed from basic instinct. Wow, the 90s was a weird time. Yeah, where these big stars were, you know, stripping for the screen, essentially. I mean, a lot of Demi Moore made a career out of it. Uh, Sharon Stone is iconic because of that one scene yeah. in Basic Instinct. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we're no prudes. When, when you know, I don't really don't mind. If, if, you know, I'm not against no, these kind no, of films. No, uh, uh, do you know what? It's not For even me, like it makes it very entertaining. It, it's not even like uh, it, it's not even like it was you know being disrespectful to women or anything. You know, I mean, Pamela Anderson had a lot to say in what happened in this film, um, and essentially, no matter how good or bad her acting is, she's playing a strong female character. So she and she is a very strong female character. No matter how much or little she's wearing. You know, and Pamela Anderson was the star of this film. The film wouldn't have been made without her. You know, um, she chose to do that scene at the beginning because they wanted more flesh on display. And I think, props to them, um, I do think there is a double standard. You know, men wouldn't have felt forced to do that Mm -hmm. to get a star and role in a film. But I think that's a discussion for another time, maybe. Yeah, we open at uh, Steel Harbour in 2017. 2017 is a lot like the 90s in this film, funny enough. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's the Second American Civil War, and we get someone reading out a title card about a new kind of mercenary, and then we get Pamela Anderson Lee, because she was uh, married at the time, and... Uh, we get an explosive action movie title card. Yes. And then we get Word Up playing. Uh, yeah, like a rock version of Word Up. Yeah, I don't think it's the corn version. This is no, the corn version. It wouldn't be way too early for the corn version. Um, so that's playing whilst uh, Pam slow-mo dances in uh, whilst being sprayed with water. Yes, yeah, so she's been sprayed from each side she's doing a little strip tease on stage and yeah. she including a swing tits are falling out they are so her breasts are out of her top and um, it goes on for a while not as long as the extra on the DVD <laughs> uh, but it goes on for a while when she's doing this um, dance very 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 beautiful she's, she's a gorgeous woman imagine having to clean the cinemas after this film <laughs> Gary <laughs> well, speaking of audience members this is the some... first scene it would have been dry by the end <laughs> There's some pervs in the bar heckling. Um, yeah, one and, in particular. Uh, yeah, he, he really pisses her off to the point that she throws uh, a high heel at him and it goes straight <laughs> it in his eye. It does. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of gets stuck in his face. Which I thought killed him. I thought this No, but they heel. carry him away. But they carry him away. And she was like, if one more person calls me babe. Mm. And then she walks off stage. So it's her first night at the strip club. She's a hit. Yeah. And... Um, She's asked by the manager to see him afterwards. Yeah, or not before one of her colleagues says, how's the crowd, honey? And she was like, wet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and a Chinese is. girl tries to talk to her. She's like, I can't understand you. Like, Whoa, okay. Yeah, okay, massive you. racist. Like, she's Chinese. And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, she's Chinese, therefore she's incoherent. Um, thank you, 90s. Um, so, yeah, the manager wants to speak to her. And she's like, sure thing, big boy. I've got so many... I've never had so many quotes written down. I've got loads of quotes. Like, this is the most quotable, trashy film since... uh, That I've watched since maybe Anderson Falls. But we don't need to talk about that. Um, So, uh, (laughs) 
action hero Pam, she uh, asks for a light. Um, she's like, looking for a light. Got one. Uh, and then she shoots her manager in the head with a cigarette. Yeah. And she sweet. rescues a girl that was tied up. Yeah, she's and, in a fridge, isn't she? Yeah, she's in a fridge. I wasn't really... I, I was kind of confused, because I thought she was a schoolgirl to begin with. Yeah. But then she looked like she was about 26. Well, she has a growth spurt in the fall um, <laughs> from this window. So she smashed the window, action hero Pam, and uh, <laughs> and the girl's like, what are you doing? It's like, ever seen Batman? <laughs> and then she absolutely out of the window. <laughs> Well, she shoots... What's the bat thing? Where it yeah, it's like the, the bat, bat grapple from bat Batman. Bat grapple, thank you. And uh, the girl starts screaming. She's like, shut up! <laughs> so Action Pam delivers the girl to the parents. Now, the girl actually looks like she doesn't recognise her parents. You'd think if she'd been kidnapped, she would have been like, oh my God, yeah. you know, running up to them and everything. But she actually kind of looks like she doesn't recognise them. Yeah, yeah. There's no chemistry there at all between no the chem- parents. No and chemistry kid. between parents and child. And um, <laughs> and uh, like, oh my god, thank you so much. And action, Pam's like, cut the shit. Where's my money? And uh, they don't have enough money for her, so she steals the car. And they're like, oh, we'll give you half. And she's like, well, give me half, and I'll take half for your daughter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, she ends up <laughs> with half the money in the car, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> and then we get a voiceover. She's like, the year was twenty seventeen. The worst year of my life. Then <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> we get <laughs> we get random voiceovers from her, but it's not it, it's not a thing. It no, just happens every now it's and then. This whole like it doesn't know what it wants to be, so there's a bit of film noir in there. <laughs> so she's acting as if she's like one of the detectives. She's acting like she's Batman doing a narration or oh, Batman. Um, yeah. So. Um, yeah, we get a very stereotypical 90s villain. Uh, to the point I haven't even got his name written down. I've just got him written down as villain throughout. Um, he's torturing a girl uh, for info on these contact lenses. Uh, and we find out that a man called William Krebs has them. Now, for the first half of the film, I honestly thought his name was William Krabs. Yeah, I have him written down as William Krabs. Um, so uh, we find out that, basically, as Chris explained earlier, uh, this... Cora D, she's had plastic surgery to escape and they're looking for her. Uh, they electrocute this girl to death. And, uh, but it's intercut with the couple um, who is Cora D and Axel. Yeah. Um, like, trying to be stealthy. I don't know. They're not really doing anything. <laughs> um, they're just... It's really dark as well, so I can't really see what they're doing. They're just sort of, like, escaping from somewhere. But it's intercut with this interrogation of this naked woman who just has some, like, metal bits covering her, her um, particulars. And, uh, yeah, so I was getting really confused. I was like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. Um, it became yeah. clearer afterwards. Yeah, the, the rest of that scene is made up of the villain just talking shit about his evil plan. Yeah. Um, after this, we get taken to the Hammerhead Bar... And uh, two guys dressed like they're in Casablanca walking. Which two guys? That, you don't see them again. They're just two guys. And they're dressed oh. like they've got the jackets and the hat. Oh, okay. They're, they're dressed like they're straight out of a film noir or Casablanca. Yeah. Um, I swear it was actually Humphrey Bogart's uh, costume from that film. So um, Because the, the costumes for the bad guys who are called the... 
uh, congressionals. Yeah, they're basically unspoken Nazis. Well, they are Nazis. It, it's essentially the same uniform as the Nazis yeah. wear in Casablanca. It, it, they look exactly the same. It's it's. They never say it once, but they are Nazis. Everyone else is dressed um, like 90s, really, yeah. or a 90s version of the dystopian future. <laughs> And um, all, all the women are scantily clad, apart from Cora D as well, aren't they, really? Yeah. Um, and then these people, the congressionals, are just look like Nazis. The Third Reich, they really do. In Hammerhead Bar, we've got a, uh, what I've got wrote down as a typical 90s girl rock band that probably had one song and then ended up in this film. She was giving me a little... Looks wise, um, Evanescence. She was given a bit of Amy Lee, but the the sound of the band there were definitely a whole tribute band. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, we get for the actual hole on the no, uh, soundtrack. No, they got uh, we got a voiceover from uh, a DJ in the club, and he's like, "Dedications, Bobby from Collie. The test came back. Everything is cool." And from Samantha the cow. You thieving, murderous bastard. If I ever see you again, I'll rip off your eyes and pluck off your ears. Who the fuck writes this shit? <laughs> like, really? Um, then we get a blind guy at the bar. Um, he looks like every 90s guy. Uh, his name is Charlie. And uh, he's trying to chat up this girl. He's like, hmm, Chanel number five. And uh, then he asks her if she fancies breeding. And she walks off, unsurprisingly. Yeah, and then he carries on talking to her. Yeah. Um, but it's the only time in the film where this... Well, actually, it happens later on, but there are moments in the film where he has some sort of sixth sense about things. Yeah. You know? Uh, whereas at this point, he, he carries on talking to her even though she's long gone. Yeah, he has like the power of PTSD, Another thing that they use as some sort of uh, advantage. Um, PTSD. Yeah, because he was in the war, weren't he? Does he describe it? As yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter- no, he doesn't say. He doesn't say that. But I'm saying that's what it's made out to be. Oh, okay. It's like this. All this sixth sense thing of his. He's got PTSD and has been put down to that. Do you mean ESP? No, he. I swear, he literally says PTSD. That's post traumatic stress. Yeah, from when he was in the war. Oh, okay. Ooh. I would not know. That makes no sense to me. Okay, none of us, none of the scripts anyway, make sense to me. I'm sorry. Um, so, Axel and Cora D, we go back to them. They're being shot at and they run away. Uh, Pam's in her office. Uh, she's got her fan mail. she got 13 offers to send black market dollars, uh, one offer to buy the bar, and one marriage proposal. And she's like, no more Valentines. <laughs> <laughs> Now, in this scene, uh, she's wearing uh, sort of her signature look, isn't she? Yeah, her leather outfit. Her leather outfit. Plunging neckline. She only wears black in this film. Yeah. Um, Like, leather boots up to her thighs. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, thigh-high boots. Um, yeah, so this is her signature look. She's looking good. Yeah, she gets on a motorbike and she goes to sell her body to keep the bar running, apparently. But she's even tripped the audience at this point because she's not. She's going undercover. Yeah, so Udo Kier, who I thought was some sort of butler. He's the waiter. But he's a waiter. But he's like her personal waiter because yeah. he's always um, in a business. Um, he's worried about not being able to be paid. 
Um, so she can't afford to pay her staff. So I don't know what's happening in that club because it was really busy. Uh, so I don't know <laughs> what's going on there. Um, so she seemingly has to do these side gigs as yeah. a bounty hunter, really. Well, she's got a prostitution license. She's got a prostitution and, license. And she literally does this voiceover to tell us that's what she's about to do. But then yeah. uh, it's not actually what she's going to do. No. No, instead, um, she seduces this uh, bold guy... Um, and uh, he tells her how he wants to play rough, and she uh, she goes back to his place. Uh, she looks around, looks down and knows it, and she's like, how romantic. Um, he throws his poor mags down on, uh, on the side and uh, goes to get ready for her. He slips into something less comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> she scans his wall with something. Yeah, she's got so a futuristic like, technology. Yeah, so we're like, what's going on here? Finds out Mr. Krabs is in the same building. And uh, the guy comes out looking like Boris Johnson in leather S&M gear. Yeah, yeah. It's you can only see his face. Yeah, uh, he, he flushes the toilet, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, what does she ask him? She goes, did you wash your hands? And he goes, no, I was bad. And she was like, good. Good. <laughs> That's fucking disgusting, first a, of all. He's also got a paddle in his hand as well. Yeah, he's, he's got a paddle in his hand. She uh, takes it off him, uh, knocks him out and says, oops. And then uh, she creates an explosion in the wall. Yeah, she uses like shaving foam <laughs> to create an explosion. It's never really... We're never really told what that stuff was. No, no. It's the only time we see it. Why does she have all these fucking gadgets? I was going to say, no wonder her bar's going under. She's buying all this shit. (laughs) Um, So, um, yeah, after this, uh, she handcuffs crabs. Uh, There's a a big shootout. She does a slow-mo table jump. She does. Um, She walks over to uh, one of the bad guys, and she... uh, Puts her foot on his dick and she's like, Ah, oh, you're not going soft on me, are you? And he's like, You really know your stuff, babe. And she's like, What did you call me? Don't call me babe. And then uh, she shoots him out of the window. Yeah. Yeah. But she breaks the nail in the process. <laughs> she's like, Oh, damn. <laughs> and her performance has just as much life as my impressions of her. Oh, your impression has more life. Yeah, she seemed bored. <laughs> she seemed all this action going on. I think poor poor Pamela. She confused sultry with <laughs> dead behind the eyes. Yeah, she's trying her hardest to be sexy, and she is. She's, I, I, I'll keep saying it because I I keep you know it's the truth, and I'm here to bring you the truth. She's dropped dead gorgeous in this film, but oh my god, is does she look bored? Yeah. She looks bored. She's shooting people, giving swift kicks to the crotch and face, and she looks like she might as well be in the queue at Sainsbury's. I mean, the only thing I could compare this performance to is uh, Katie Price's rendition of A Whole New World. She's trying her best, it's just not coming out right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, after this... Um... <laughs> Um, for our American <laughs> listeners or, or non-UK listeners should I say Google Katie Price she's another action hero she had her horses stolen she uh, <laughs> she had a kid kidnapped <laughs> I don't even remember the whole sentence so I'm not going to try and uh, repeat it all but um, anyway as we were saying um, Pam delivers uh, crabs to Clint Howard because he's in this film 
Apparently he's in every film. Clint Howard's in every film. Did you know there's a, a Clint Howard festival in America? Is there? There is. Um, I did. So I, I was confused with the names in this film and the actors and who was who. Um, and so I did a search on IMDb. You know, we always go to IMDb. And um, it had it in... The, it had all the actors and characters in credit order which was appearance on screen, so that was confusing me even more. So I put them in terms of popularity, and Clint Howard was top of that list, wow. above Pamela Anderson. Oh, wow. So in terms of IMDb, Clint Howard is more popular I mean, than Pamela. He's a cult film legend, I suppose. Well, we've, seen him. we've seen him in loads. Oh, yeah. He's got a very <laughs> memorable face as well, to be fair. Yeah, he was in Rock and Roll High School. He was um, in Rock and Roll High School. <laughs> He was in Silent Night, Deadly Night 4 or 5. Oh, he was. I, yeah. I think it may have been 5. Uh, he was in Apollo 13. He was in Solo, A Star Wars Story. Oh, Halloween, I didn't know that. The Halloween remake. He probably had a small role in it. Three from Hell. Yeah, he's been in loads. Sorry. This has turned into wow. a Clint Howard appreciation. Anyway. <laughs> Podcast. So, I mean, in this film, he has a clear American accent, but he's playing a German character called Smits. Oh, was he meant to be German? It's a very German name, isn't it? If it is, but, you know. Would it surprise you if that was the case? Well, potentially, no. <laughs> so, the band are still playing in the bar. Um... It's very much like the band in Look What's Happened to Rosemary's Baby. They just play non-stop. Yeah. They, they never have a break. Um, and then uh, Pam agrees to dance with some random guy. Yeah, she's wearing a gorgeous black um, dress. Of course, with a plunging neckline. Uh, giving me <laughs> Elvira. Yeah. She's yeah, definitely she giving me Elvira in that dress. Uh, the police come in and she tells us that the, uh, the lead police officer... His name is Willis, and he's a drunk with sticky fingers. Yeah. Yeah, so this is the chief of police. Yeah, they're all scanning people's eyes, um, and uh, Willis and Pam, they have a chat in the office. She's absolutely fuming. She has a costume change, though. She does. So she does some... She's having a little flirt, to be fair. The guy's not particularly attractive. This is Xander Berkeley, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so he played Virginia Madsen's husband in... Candyman. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's used to sleazy roles. <laughs> yeah. And so Pamela's getting dressed behind a curtain um, where you can pretty much see all what's going on, can't you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they're having a very awkward sort of flirty exchange. Yeah. Um, sort of just giving a bit of the plot to us as well. Yeah, some more exposition. A bit um, of exposition. He's asking for crabs. She doesn't want to give him craps. <laughs> he calls her Miss uh, Capetzi, and she says, once he's left the room, Miss Capetzi died in the war. I'm barbed wire. And I'm sure that line's going to be at the end of the film. That's a, that's a closing line right there. I was expecting the credits to come up. It's kind of like, uh, I'm Spider-Man or I'm Batman or whatever. Um, so... Um, a guy walks in to... Well, she, she essentially pays him off, doesn't she? Yeah, she pays him off to stop pays harassing him off people. To stop harassing people because everyone whose retina scan um, came up, I'm assuming with them having some sort of criminal record or something, Yeah. 
um, we're getting chucked out of the bar. And she needs the money, you know. She, she does. needs the bar to keep going. She does. Um, we cut to the next day. Yeah, the next day, a really next morning. a random scene that goes nowhere. Uh, a guy walks in, demands a drink, and Pam sets her uh, a dog, Camille, onto him. Uh, the dog starts biting his dick, and he leaves. And that's it. Yeah, I'm not sure what we were meant to establish with this. That her dog is angry. Yeah. I don't know. And then that night, um, there's a massive entrance for the villains of the film. The Nazis. I just called them Nazis. The Nazis. They're, they're, they're meeting with Willis. Um, and they, again, we get the plot again. Uh, and uh, the lead Nazi tells, uh, tells Willis that if uh, Cora D escapes, he will personally rip his heart out of his ass, shove it down his throat. Yeah. <laughs> um, Action Pam has a drink with the villain. And Willis, and uh, she's told to look out for Cora D. Doesn't want to know. She's not interested. And then uh, Axel. She says she's neutral. Isn't she's she? neutral. She's, a she's neutral. Um, she's a strong businesswoman. Which is just serving Rick from Casablanca. Yeah. Um, but could Rick pull off her outfit, so? Oh, I'd hope so. I'd like to see him try. <laughs> Axel and Cora D arrive at the bar, and uh, Axel speaks to Charlie. Uh, then we get some exposition about when he was in the war and uh, then Axel says he needs to speak to Pam and uh, Charlie tells him she took Seattle a lot harder than he did which we get evidence of soon because she walks up to Axel and punches him and tells him to get out <laughs> yeah um, she's absolutely still yeah still fuming, fuming still fuming about Seattle whatever happened there and Axel and Cordy leave, don't they? Yeah, but Charlie's going to help him. He said it's going to be the blind leading the blind. And uh, on, he takes, yeah, he takes some. The actor resistance. playing Charlie was not blind. He's not by blind. The way. In fact, I think I've seen him in every other nineties film. He, uh, he, he was in Event so. Horizon. Oh, I there think we go. I remember from. Um, <laughs> we get a woman with a, a strange robot voice. <laughs> yeah, so Charlie <laughs> directs them to some resistance fires. And the head of them, and uh, she's Spike, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. She talks with a robot voice, but just like normal. Just She's just talking. So there's no device attached to her. I don't know. She did twist some sort of device before she started speaking. Did she? Yeah. But I, I don't know what they were getting at because... Yeah. The, the, uh, yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense it at just, all. It was just kind of a little headache-inducing. Yeah. Yeah. We couldn't be around her all the time. And she gives us some more plot exposition in case we didn't already know what was going on. Um, Meanwhile, (laughs) Pam's drinking in the bar on her own in a scene straight out of Casablanca. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Charlie walks in and tells her to drink when you want to remember and don't drink when you want to forget. And she has a flashback. Now, okay, this flashback, (laughs) very brief. (laughs) So, in Casablanca, the flashback to Paris is quite lengthy. It establishes the relationship between Ilsa and Rick. And it's full of charm and romance. What we get in Barbed Wire (laughs) is Pamela Anderson in a full face of makeup. (laughs) This is when she looks her best in this scene. And wearing camouflage. In her army outfit. In her army outfit. Katy Perry in the Part of Me video. Yeah, looking like Private Benjamin. (laughs) 
She's there at a helicopter and uh, some bloke, <laughs> random bloke comes up to her and she says, no, Axel, Axel can't come with you. He can't explain why. Just go. <laughs> and she leaves in the helicopter and that is meant to give some investment into their relationship. Yeah. Um, and then Charlie just goes out to sit down because apparently he must live in this fucking bar. Um, Clint... a, he's her brother. Is that her brother? That's her brother. Oh, I didn't know that. Charlie, Charlie is Barb's brother. Oh, I, I missed that part. Did you miss that? Yeah. Okay, so he does live there. Oh, wow. Look at him. Yeah. It's a shithole. Um, Clint Howard pays her a visit because no one wants to let her have a drink in peace. Uh, and he offers her the contact lenses, but she still doesn't want it. Um... And he says that people are going to kill him. And she's like, relax, Schmitz. You can only die once. Um, I, mean, I don't know if that's going to help him relax. But okay. So um, Clint begs her to take these contact lenses. She tells him to get out. Uh, and he hides them in the kitchen. Yes. So he hides them under a counter. Sticks them under a counter in the kitchen. Charlie, who's quite far away. Yeah. Um, up on the next level. Hears, he somehow knows. Yeah, Schmidt, do this. And we get a sort of, obviously, knowing glance, don't we? Yeah. Um, meanwhile, the villains... Are, I've got a bold guy with a ponytail in a bath and uh, that they're shot in another scene. And Yeah, uh, so we missed that scene yeah, where the it, Nazis enter... Yeah, because I wasn't really sure what was going on. It, it didn't matter at were. all. I'm assuming these They're people... Clint Howard's um, assistants. That's what, yeah, that's what I struggled to understand. But they went in and they, they shot them. And so one of these guys who's got a ponytail, a bald head, but a ponytail at the back. Very 90s. Yeah. Um, he's in it, so he's dead, but he's in an ice bath. And they've got some things connected to his head. And they shock him. Yeah, they shock him and it lets them see inside his head. And inside his head are perfectly filmed moments from the film. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And perfectly photographed pictures of Pamela Anderson. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they established, because they saw Barb in these these memories, um, that she is somehow involved. So they're going to go find her because she probably has the uh, uh, contact lenses. Yeah. She's having a bubble bath. Yeah, so we go from one, uh, an ice bath to a bubble bath. Yeah, yeah, and we get to see under the bath, so you get to see her naked. Oh, yeah, so it's a, it's a clear bath, yeah. so we see her from the sides, don't we? Yeah. She's having a relaxing time, she, she's earned it. Yeah, she's then it goes up, stress. goes up, and uh, Axel shows up, and she gets out, doesn't even try and cover anything at first. Well, she's covered in the bubbles, well... Partially covered in the bubbles. Partially covered. Then uh, they have a chat. And they get in her elevator and they have a kiss. Cora D catches them. And for some reason isn't bothered in the slightest. Not really. She's like, oh, I'm interrupting something. Yeah. So like, hang on. He, she's kissing your husband. Yeah. And this is where Barb finds out that they're married. Yeah. In a great exchange of dialogue, uh, Axel says, this is my wife, Cora D. And uh, Pam's like... Uh, how impressive. I'm sure you'll have strong and smart children. Yeah. Was that meant to be a burn? I mean, <laughs> the problem is, like the rest of the film, Pamela Anderson's delivery is so... There's um, no emotion, so you don't no. know. 
is just so um, dead that we have absolutely no idea the intent of that. Yeah. Uh, Cora D gives us more exposition, in case you forgot the plot, again. Yeah. Um, the police arrive, and... Uh, they, they, well, they, in, in fairness, this is the part where she explains about the HIV epidemic and Red Ribbon and how the fact that she has the cure, and that's why she needs to get on that plane. Yeah. So. Um... And uh, as the police arrive, we get a quick full frontal flash from uh, Pamela. It was a full frontal? Yeah. Oh. And uh, and then she goes downstairs to the police. She covers herself up. And uh, after this, Axel and Cora D walk down. And like, who are they? And uh, she's like, I picked them up off the boulevard. I love a good menage every now and then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really? Um, <laughs> a menage a trois. So, um, the police smashed the bar up. Pamela's just not bothered about this at all. Yeah, so they've, they, they've done a retina check on Charlie. And he, because he has this extra sensory thing or whatever, um, he takes some sort of part out of the retina scanner. Yeah. Uh, which makes it screw up so when they go to scan Cora D it's not working so they get out scot free don't they yes and Charlie's uh, psychic in this film yeah we find out this is when he knows where the contact lenses are as well yes um because he, he has them with him so uh after this uh Pam decides to take the contact lenses to her friend Big Fatso would and that like is his to, actual um, name. Yeah, would you like to describe Big Fatso and where he lives? So, Big Fatso uh, reminds me of Eddie Murphy in The Nutty Professor. Yeah. It's very clearly a, a thinner um, guy, an uh, actor, who's made up to look fat. He lives at the junkyard, and he is so big uh, that he lives in the scoop part of some sort of, uh, what do you call them? Digger? A digger, yes. So he actually lives in the scoop part of that. Yeah. And he's so lazy that he has TVs next to him that are attached to cameras that are on Pam. Yeah, basically. Um, because he can't be asked to get out of there and go and have a look. <laughs> Um, yeah, and, and he basically exchanges information for chicken. Yeah, he's eating, like, a whole roast chicken whilst talking to her. <laughs> it's very... It's very... It's very 96. Probably the most offensive character in the film. It's very 96. Um, he does... He just look. He looks like Eddie Murphy in The yeah, Professor. Yeah, So, um, meanwhile, Charlie is, uh, is cornered by the bad guys. And, he's uh, going to see Spike, Yeah, she's he? been killed. Um, and after that scene, we go back to, uh, Pam and, uh, Big Fatso. And uh, she's demanding cash for the contact lenses and an escort to the airport. And, uh, she gets the deal whilst Charlie is being tortured and killed. Yeah, so he's being tortured in a, a similar way to the naked girl, apart from yeah. he's fully clothed. And he he's asked to describe who Barb is with. 
and he describes Santa Claus and that pisses the Nazis off and they kill him. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, back at the bar, Action Pam has decided to donate the bar to uh, Curly, her waiter. Yeah, Udo Kier. Curly. Um, so, uh, after this, she uh, she packs up all her things, gets in her car. Yeah, and she leaves the dog with Curly. Yeah. <coughs> well, this is where Curly tells her that um, Charlie's gone to see Spike. And she's like, Spike, get in. So they go to the resistance. I'd be if I was Curly, I'd be fuming. She'd look, the place is a shithole now because the Nazis uh, yeah. have ruined it. And there's no need for her to take Curly with her. No, but also like, and you can look after my dog as well. Yeah. <laughs> and also, this bar wasn't doing very well to begin with. That's why he was, you know, she was struggling to pay his wages. Mm-hmm. She's left him a shithole. <laughs> I'd be fucking fuming. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's left him a massive inconvenience. It's true. Um, so they go and find Charlie's dead body. Uh, Axel and Cora D arrive at the same time, and they uh, they all leave for the as they do for as this they film. Do. They just turn up at convenient times. But we don't know where they are in between. No, no, they all go to leave for the airplane, but not before we get a fucking weapons montage. Where we get to see yes. every weapon that she just slings on her shoulders. Come on, weapons I montage. I don't know how she carried this much gear, but on, honestly, she shoves an entire weapons crate on her as an outfit. Um, Again, no wonder she can't afford to pay her fucking staff. I know. She's got all these guns and grenades and shit. They go to visit Big Fatso, and he has a credit card and a briefcase for her. Yeah, she's fuming because he promised cash. Yeah. And he's handed over some sort of credit card with uh, three quarters of a million uh, Canadian dollars on it. Yeah, and uh, she gives him the contact lenses. And uh, we find out after this that she ain't getting no escort to the airport because he's betrayed her. Yeah, so it's, it seems that she's betrayed Axel and Cora D um, because she's pretty much just given them up uh, the the contact lenses so Cora D can't get on the plane um, but turns out Big Fatso has stitched them up yeah as you just said so uh, the police arrive and uh, they're like nice work Mr Fatso oh it's the police and the Nazis yeah, yeah. and he's like I'm the man I'm the man I'm the man <laughs> yeah he was and then yeah. he reads out his entire evil plan and everything he did <laughs> to, to get to that point because yeah, we really did. needed to know that he did he explains every little detail. Every detail of what happened. Um, so Willis pretends to arrest Pam, and in one of the best scenes of the film, she's like, don't move! And then throws a grenade up in the air and blows shit up. Yeah, so... It's Willis, is it? Yeah. Yeah, Willis pretends to handcuff her when really he's handing her a grenade. Um, I don't know what's happened between <laughs> them for this moment to make any sense. No. Um... Yeah, I don't know. Just suddenly he's decided to be on her side. I don't get it. Yeah, they, they drive off and then uh, we get this massive action sequence. Oh, yeah. She's actually slaying she, on a motorbike. Yeah. She, well, she's like, uh, she's like, in any emergency, pull this yellow lever. It's like, oh, that's not going to happen, is it? Yeah, so Axel and Cora D and Willis are in the van. Yeah, she gets on a bike. She gets on her motorbike. 
And she's gunning people down, people down on the motorbike. Shoots rocket launchers out of the front of it. She's the, again. No wonder she couldn't afford to pay her fucking staff. <laughs> she's buying fucking rocket launchers. She's on got her rocket launchers on everything now because we find out when you pull the yellow lever on the uh, on the van, it shoots out rocket launchers. It does, <laughs> yeah. and we find out later on one of her guns also shoots out rockets. She's had rockets installed in fucking everything. Um, this is all intercut with the villain doing a really, really stereotypical evil laugh. He's like, <laughs> oh, gotcha. constantly. Um, Pam, she goes off to fight more villains. Uh, she shoots a guy off a building. He falls down in slow motion for about five minutes. Um, the uh, the main Nazi, he attacks her with a forklift truck. Uh, Axel and a random bad guy are having a fight on top of a crane all of a sudden. It, it just it all happens at once it's hard to keep track yeah um, so they're both fighting separately uh axel manages to chuck the bad guy off the uh crane yeah he's a crane isn't it yeah he has a full conversation with the crane operator so there's a fight going on on top of the crane <laughs> axel manages to get into the crane yeah. and there's an actual guy operating it completely unaware of what's going on <laughs> May I add? Yes. Um, Axel just needs a quick lesson on how to use the crane. So he asks him what each lever means, mm-hmm. uh, what it does, uh, to which the crane operator gladly tells him, not not asking why he's there or anything like that. The poor crane operator gets an elbow to the face, gets yeah. knocked out, and now Axel's in charge of the crane. Yeah, so he lifts. Uh, he takes the opportunity to lift the forklift. Now, right? I don't understand how this helps. <laughs> yeah, Because true. he's used... So, the forklift has crashed into the car that Pam... Uh, that Barb was in. And so her and the Nazi bloke are fighting on top of the forklift slash car. Because they're stuck together now. Axel thinks, do you know what will help? Let's add a little more danger to this. <laughs> and uses the crane to lift all of it up into the air. Yeah. So now Barb and uh, the random Nazi guy, like I can't remember his name, main Nazi guy, I suppose, are fighting very, very high up into the yeah. air. <laughs> I don't get it. They're, they're fighting really high up in the air. It goes on for it makes such a, a long time. Yeah, it's a long scene, but it, it makes it more interesting, I suppose. And uh, the bad guy says to her, this is just like my favourite song. I got you, babe. And of course, as we know by now, you can't say that to action, Pam. And she was like, don't call me babe. And detaches the forklift, sends him flying, and creates a massive explosion. <laughs> yeah. Apparently a forklift truck... And uh, a broken down car dropping onto the ground causes a massive explosion. And what I did get was he's like, I've got you, babe. Even though oh, um, she has the higher ground. She does. She does. does. Um, I couldn't think of another way of saying that. <laughs> and even so, is this just like my favourite song, I Got You, Babe? Okay, how the fuck? <laughs> really? Yeah. That's such a terrible <laughs> line of dialogue. Do you know what songs Nazis like? I got you, babe. Uh, well, <laughs> now we all know. Share. Um, we get to the end of the film where we find out, shock, Pam had the contact lenses all along. She was wearing them. She was wearing them. So she takes them out 
and gives them to Corridi. Yeah. In which they change colour. They change to (laughs) a very light blue. Even though Pamela didn't have light blue eyes through any of that while she was wearing the contacts. Um, And these are like weird bright blue aren't they like they don't look yeah, real yeah you know that she's you'll know that she's wearing them there's no way of hiding it but no. you, she did you, she definitely didn't have them on the entire time yeah um but uh, it, it was obvious that was gonna happen yes of course um, yeah, she had them on all the time we get a uh, a flight attendant who moves a piece of paper down really fast it's like destination <laughs> did you see that I don't know why she asked... Yeah, but I don't understand why she asked Destination. There was only one plane there. <laughs> but it was really weird. Surely it's all going to the same place. Um, Pam says her goodbyes. Yeah, like real awkward. Like, I don't know what they were trying to convey with this. Like, there was no... At the end of Casablanca, and this is a complete copy of the end of Casablanca. I don't care what anyone says. At the end of Casablanca, Ilsa and Rick are saying their goodbyes. You can see that they're still in love. It's a very bittersweet ending. In this film, they look like they only met 10 minutes ago. <laughs> and they're like, okay, see ya. Bye. Bye. See you, darling. See ya. <laughs> and then that, yeah. And then Axel and Cora D get on the plane and they're gone. Yeah, but then uh, Willis and uh, Pam, it's revealed they've got the credit card. Yeah. How did they get the credit card? I have no idea. Oh, so yeah. I suppose she would have left it in the van. Because she was given the briefcase, weren't oh, she? Oh, I suppose she was given the briefcase, yeah. So um, it wouldn't have exploded with big fat so. So Willis asks, where do we go? And Action Pam says, I do believe Paris is beautiful this time of year. And he's like, I do believe I'm falling in love. And she spins around, looks at the camera, has a gun out for some reason in the middle of the airport. She's like, get in line. And we get a massive flash close-up of her. And then the film ends. (laughs) Yeah. And that's that's barbed wire. (laughs) That is barbed wire. I have no idea... What the director was thinking, but I'm sure glad it was made. Like, that was incredible. It, For all the wrong reasons. Yeah. It's camp. Yeah. Um, it's fun, though. Sleazy, well. camp, uh, over the top. It, it's just... It goes a mile a minute. Yeah. It goes so fast. You'll never be bored. No. Um... You have to watch this film. We we highly recommend it. Yeah. I'm just sad it never got a sequel or a franchise. A franchise. So, that is uh, action hero Pamela Anderson's uh, Barbed Wire. Yeah, I recommend watching it. It's it's a good, fun film to watch. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I do recommend watching Casablanca first. Yeah. To be yeah. Watch them back to back. Watch them back to back like we did. And you can see all the similarities um, and just how completely out there Barbara yeah. Wire is. Because you, you're taking the structure of a story and just making it completely crazy. Yeah. Um, what what classic Hollywood film would you like to see get that sort of treatment? Oh. Oh. Um, 
I would like to see an action version of All About Eve. All About Eve. <laughs> <laughs> so what? You'd have um, Pamela Anderson in the Betty Davis role. Of course. And then some young upstart trying to, what, kill her? Uh, they're, trying, they're both um, trying to get high kill counts uh, while saving the world. So it's kind of like Freddy versus Jason as well. Oh, um, um, so, so like so like a uh, superhero. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's a, a younger superhero yeah. trying to backstab. And the younger version will uh, be played by... In fact, no, I'll just hire both of the cop destroyers. Yeah. Um, Pam will get a... Uh, she'll get a cameo somewhere in it. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, that's my pitch for All About <laughs> Eve. Um, what was yours? Mine would have been All About Eve, actually. <laughs> yeah, if I'm being honest. Yeah, All About Eve. It was not Sunset Boulevard. What? As an action... Yeah. Oh, no. Some like it hot. <laughs> Are we just... <laughs> Some like it hot. But, obviously, the two guys... A witness to a mafia hit <laughs> and they have to dress up as women don't they but imagine if it was more action-packed imagine oh, and, and actually cast drag queens yeah cast a couple of real-life drag queens <laughs> but make it you know in the year 2025 yeah and dystopian um, future a dystopian future they've witnessed this murder so they have to dress up as women to join the all-women Amazonian tribe led by, um, well, not Marilyn Monroe, but... <laughs> Pamela Anderson. But led by Pamela Anderson. So, get uh, yeah, get in touch, studios in Hollywood. Um, get these films made. I'm literally writing it as we speak. <laughs> uh, <laughs> next week... We will be talking about a film that everybody wanted us to talk about when we did Women in Horror Month. We will be talking about Jennifer's Body, cult classic with Megan Fox and Amanda Seyfried. Uh, so we will have an actual good film next week. And uh, yes, yeah, so have you seen Barb Wire? What's your favourite quote from the film? What's your favourite Pamela Anderson-related piece of media? What's your favourite outfit from Barb Wire? <laughs> Is it the low-cut black number? Or the low-cut black number. Or a Katy Perry number, which is in the war. Uh, oh, my so God, yes. contact us on Facebook <laughs> or Instagram. <laughs> <we're>... For things <laughs> <and> makeup. <laughs> Horror Court Trash over on Facebook and Instagram. Horror Court Trash on Twitter. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe if you like listening to us talking about how much we worship Pamela Anderson. Uh, like and follow on everything house. Oh, my God. That scene in Barbed Wire could have been the video. It could have been the video. that Katy Perry yeah. song. Yeah, just that one scene in the loop. Wow. Um, <laughs> I'm Gazmo205 on Instagram, GazCruise92 on Twitter, and Gaz 92 on Letterboxd. I am Chris Barker823 on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. And until this time next week, don't call us babe. Bye.